I'm Megan Hale, and you're listening to The Enoughness Revolution, a feel-good podcast on creating joy in life, work, and love. Join me every Monday and Thursday for practical tools that speak to the soul to create a life you love. It's Motivational Monday, sisters, and Easter Sunday was yesterday, and while I don't currently wear a label for any particular face, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know I've been revisiting Christianity lately to learn more about Jesus as a spiritual teacher and understand the roots of some spiritual wounds I experienced in adolescence. So I went to church service yesterday, and the message was, of course, about Christ's supposed death and resurrection a story that highlights the opportunity of new beginnings, redemption, having a fresh start, and the idea that we have infinite chances to get things right. We are always able to start again. And I love that concept. No matter how wrong things have gone in the past, we can always have a do-over. Not only is this incredibly important for cultivating forgiveness, but this concept is the very basis that allows us to make more aligned choices with who we are and who we want to become as we move forward in the future. I came home from service and thought back to the real origins of the Easter holiday, though. Having studied many religions and spiritual practices in my life, I know much of what is commercialized today is part of the Easter celebration, like Easter eggs and Easter bunny, are actually derived from the pagan celebration of the Germanic goddess Easter, who's the goddess of fertility. Fertility itself is a sign of new life, right? But as I was reflecting on this last night, fertility isn't just to give life, although that's incredibly important. Fertility supports the ongoing life of a lineage. Fertility is about legacy, which got me thinking about my own legacy. What kind of legacy do I want to leave? And how does this tie into the legacy that Christ left? If there's anything I know, it's this. The most powerful force there is in life is love. Love is the one thing that gives our lives meaning. It's the foundation for joy, courage, acceptance, and wholeness. It's also the foundation for kindness and compassion, empathy and connection. It's the one thing that so many of us strive for, but yet the one thing that is also the most uncertain. After all, just because you love someone doesn't mean they'll love you back. And just as love is one of the most powerful forces there is, rejection from love is often one of the most painful. So I was thinking about these things last night, my legacy, Christ's legacy, love. I'm still getting to know Jesus on a personal level, but I can say wholeheartedly that my study of many religions, faiths, and practices have taught me that spiritual living all comes back to love. And I think what Jesus stood for and was about comes back to love too. And as I've been diving deeper into the foundations of my own work and teachings with clients, I know without a doubt that it all comes back to love. How to learn how to love ourselves and others so we minimize rejection, maximize connection, and build a strong foundation for courage, acceptance, resiliency, self-trust, and joy. As you all know, the concepts of wild and holy found me earlier this year as I began writing my first book on how we learn how to love. Why wild and holy? Why did these words speak to me so deeply? Well, as I've studied love, 
I know a few things to be true at this point. Love is intimately tied to our sense of belonging, and we only get to belonging by being who we really are. If you're familiar with Brene Brown's work, you know belonging is not just merely fitting in. <laughs> in fact, to fit in means we change or present ourselves as who we think others want us to be. Yet belonging requires us to present ourselves as we actually are. There's an authenticity element to this that cannot be avoided. Yet this is also really vulnerable because what if you present your true self, you let yourself be seen, and instead of being accepted and belonging, you're rejected and abandoned. Remember, love is the most powerful thing, yet it can also be the most painful. And it's really risky to love because it will always be uncertain. I made a post on Facebook last night asking um, the Facebook family if you can let yourself be held by your partner in a vulnerable space. And can you let yourself be seen? Can you let somebody else show up for you when you don't know how you feel, when you're exploring something, when you're healing something, when you're working on something? This is very vulnerable stuff. But in order for somebody else to show up for, for us, we have to show up for ourselves first. Okay? So although this love from another person can be really uncertain, the one thing that isn't uncertain is loving and belonging with ourselves, of seeing ourselves as worthy of these things. And this is perhaps the most important. As I look back on my journey, this is the piece that was missing for so long. <laughs> I didn't think I was worthy of love or belonging. So I changed myself to be who I thought the world wanted me to be. And little by little, pieces of me started to die inside. <laughs> Because inside, I felt like I was not enough, like I needed to pretend. And when you really believe this, you abandon yourself in tiny ways that leave big impacts on your soul. You take on others' beliefs to win a sense of belonging. You agree with others' opinions so you don't risk rejection. You take on other people's ideas of how you're supposed to do something so you can keep up with the Joneses. You silence your needs so you aren't difficult to love because, dear God, make it as easy as possible so you won't be abandoned. And all of this takes you further and further away from who you really are. Yet we can't truly love ourselves unless we are who we are, nor can we truly belong. So my, my legacy is this. Teach others how to love who they are by rejecting the things that insult their soul, giving themselves permission to be wild, to embrace the unique, beautiful, and sometimes infuriating qualities <laughs> that make us who we are, to stop hiding, to start shining, and reclaim the pieces of ourselves that we've given away, to give them the permission to want what they want, to like what they like, and be their fullest expression. And do this by teaching you how to stay in the room for what you need and how you feel. To see yourself as whole and complete. To heal the things that stand in the way of your wholeness and bring you home to the holiness that lives within you. All of the things we want most 
or at the foundation of love and belonging. But nothing is more potent than loving and belonging to ourselves first. And to do this, we have to stop criticizing ourselves, stop judging ourselves, and start accepting and loving and worshiping ourselves as the perfect creations we are. Perfect in the sense that you are fallible. You'll make mistakes. You'll make wrong turns. You'll put your foot in your mouth. Oh my God, have I not done that? (laughs) You'll be unkind when you're feeling hurt. Yet perfect in the sense that you are ever evolving, learning, integrating, shifting. You're a human being who's trying their best and gaining immense wisdom and courage to be better and freer along the way. This is why the ideas of wild and holy mean so much to me, because to be wild means we return to our essence. We reclaim who we are so we can truly belong, not just to ourselves, but with others. And to be holy means we honor our path. We practice reverence for our perfection. We embrace who we are, love who we are, celebrate who we are, and worship the beautiful gift of the life we have holding ourselves in this life as sacred. You know, Brene talks about the practice of self-love is really learning how to trust ourselves, to respect ourselves, and to be kind and compassionate with ourselves. What this means to me is we prioritize ourselves. We honor ourselves. We value ourselves. To realize we can be who we are and lovable. In fact, there is no other way. To be wild and holy is to celebrate this, to give ourselves the permission to express our full selves in the world and believe in ourselves so wholeheartedly that we no longer question if we're worthy. We know we are. This is what it means to become whole. So as I reflect on all the messages from Easter Sunday and the pagan goddess Easter, being wild and holy is our salvation, our freedom, our invitation to love and be loved. And although it's my personal goal to leave a legacy of love, to teach love, to practice love, I think it is our human duty to learn how to love and leave our future generations with more tools and better examples of what it truly means to love ourselves first and to practice that with others. To teach each other that we are worthy of love and belonging by simply being who we are, our wild and holy, whole selves. So how do we get there? You know, this stuff, it's, it's great to have the knowledge, but to implement it, this is where so many of us get stuck. A lot of us, especially my clients, my clients are smart. <laughs> they, they've studied this stuff. They are, you know, self-prescribed self-help junkies. And they think, just like I have, that if we know enough, that we will shift, we will do things differently. But we often get lost in this bridge between knowledge and implementation. How do we actually put this stuff into practice? So I wanna leave you with five practices today to really bring this stuff home. So the first is we practice self-forgiveness and acceptance. So if you're working on this holy piece of seeing yourself as worthy, as whole, Forgiveness and acceptance are the spiritual tools 
to healing shame and insecurities that stand in your way. I'm going to point you to episode 86 on how we forgive ourselves and let go of the past because we have got to let these things go if they're no longer serving us. We have to heal them, integrate them, take the wisdom that we've gained from them and move forward to being the people that we want to be. Number two is we have to practice staying in the room. If you're working on this wild piece of being who you are, you have to stay in the room for yourself, which means owning your feelings, giving yourself the permission to feel what you're feeling, and to speak up when someone says or does something that stings or hurts. Wildness asks for expression, for boldness, not shrinking or shying away, not self-abandoning what you need or how something impacts you. And there's a difference here between staying in the room when things upset you and being overly sensitive. And I'll talk about that on a future episode because this is an important piece of the healing journey, okay? If we walk through our lives with all of these trigger buttons, we are going to be triggered a lot. And we don't have to live that way. We can heal a lot of those triggers. So we don't feel like we're being overly sensitive, right? We can really trust our emotional experience when we're staying in the room for ourselves. The third is practice kindness. One of the biggest things that I've learned on my life journey is it's not only what you say, but how you say it. Learning to be wild and holy means we're conscious of the impact we have on others and ourselves. When we stay in the room, that does not give us free reign to say whatever we feel in an unkind way. Words matter, tone matters. And this goes for how we speak to ourselves too. So learning how to practice kindness with the way that we speak to ourselves and others is a huge, huge piece of this. The fourth is practice self-trust. Give value to your thoughts and feelings. I want you to listen to episode 131 where I talk about how we learn how to trust ourselves, including our intuition. Self-trust is the foundation for believing in yourself. And believing in yourself is a core ingredient of living with more courage, which brings me to number five. Practice courage. Courage means choosing vulnerability and letting yourself be seen. It means being who you are and taking actions that allow you to bloom into who you want to become. It takes courage to change, to blossom, to go out of your comfort zone, but that's where growth happens. And you'll never regret growth because growth is the foundation for bravery. I want you to listen to episode 82 on being brave. So when we talk about actually building that bridge between knowledge and implementation, we're talking about practice. These five practices are tools that I know from firsthand experience that allow you to embrace more of who you are and to honor who you are. This is incredibly crucial for not only loving yourself, but creating healthy love between you and somebody else. Okay. So if you guys want to practice some of these things, you want to get courageous. If you want to 
release some things. You want to reclaim some pieces of yourself that you have given away. Then I invite you to Wild and Holy Weekend. It's happening June 16th, 18th. All the details are down in the show notes. Tickets are on sale now. Again, early bird special until May 1st. So if that's calling to you, please go ahead and buy your seat because we are going to have a beautiful, wild, and holy weekend. I will see you guys in a couple of days for Transformational Thursday. I have an amazing guest scheduled for you. I cannot wait to share this conversation. It's a good one. So have a beautiful start to your week. Love yourself. Be brave. Practice courage and compassion and staying in the room. Mm, such good practices. I'll see you soon. Bye.